Hello you, and welcome to Change Your Relationship with Food, the podcast hosted by me, Kyla Holly. With many years' experience as an eating disorder and bariatric therapist, I know exactly what it takes to help you break free from your diet history and develop a more healthy relationship with food. Please follow this podcast to make sure you don't miss a thing. A few years ago, a media campaign evolved called Love Your Body, or another version of it was Love the Skin You're In. It sounds like a really positive message, which it is, but it's a message which a lot of people struggled with because for a lot of people, loving their body seemed very, very foreign to them. It was something that appeared that suddenly everybody was able to do. And for a lot of people who find that they couldn't love their body, they were stuck in this place where they were thinking, well, everyone else seems to be managing it apart from me. I'm the only one that can't love my body. And there was this perception that it was an easy thing to do. You just had to think yourself into it and you would love this body. So for a lot of people, it didn't sit comfortably with them. I wanted to talk today a little bit about why that might be. And it's true that for most of us, I think we have this real disconnect with our body. And that can be for a number of reasons. And I'm going to go into a few today, but some I'm going to only touch on very briefly because they really will be and need to be the subject of a much bigger conversation later on. If we are disconnected from my body, you have to ask yourself, how can you actually love something that uh, you're unfamiliar with? So if this disconnect is there, how can we love it? How can we attach to it? How can we view it positively? If we've really chosen at some stage not to be in a relationship with our own body, For some people, their body just doesn't feel like a safe place. Quite often, if somebody has experienced trauma, and trauma is what I was alluding to before in that we're going to need a separate podcast for that one, maybe several podcasts for that one, because it's something that I'm really passionate about and I'm learning more and more each day about the effects that trauma has on our body and our relationship with our body. But if your body doesn't feel safe to you, it doesn't feel a safe place to be because perhaps in the past you've been a victim of some sort of attack or abuse or violence towards you, then your body can feel like a very unsafe place to be. And if it's an unsafe place, if it's fundamentally something that has an underlying anxiety to it, then how can you love it? Another thing that people might feel is that their bodies let them down. That can be through real physical discomfort. Perhaps you've got an illness or a sickness that affects you physically and you feel that your body isn't what it could be. Or I get it a lot with people who are carrying some extra weight that presented a higher weight and they feel that their bodies let them down. They wanted their body to be different, but here's the body that they've got. And there's that level of disappointment with their own body. And worst case scenario, you know, I get some people that come along and actually say, I hate my body. It's disgusting. I detest it. And that's quite upsetting to hear because... Your body's something that 
you can't escape from. It's with you every single day. From the day you're born to the day you die, your body is there. So to have a an opinion of that body where you find it disgusting, you find the place that you have inhabit disgusting, it's quite an upsetting story to hear from some people that does need quite a bit of work. We also get situations where our body has been judged in the past, sometimes by other people, and sometimes people have actually felt that they can speak about our body and offer the judgment to us. So if we have this opinion that people have judgments about us, and that maybe our body in some way has influenced our previous relationships, maybe in a negative way, then obviously loving our body is going to seem very counterintuitive. So trauma, I'm I'm jumping around a bit going back to trauma, but a brief description of how trauma affects your body. And trauma is something which even though it might happen in the moment, which is the case of something like acute trauma. Those are the sort of traumatic events which we all understand are traumatic. Things like neglect, abuse, violence, uh, perhaps being at war or being involved in a, a car accident or something like that. Things that normally people would say, yes, this is a traumatic event. It's obviously just an event, but what it creates in the longer term is this sort of residual response in our nervous system. So the trauma is retained in our body and it sits within our autonomic nervous system, which is split into a few parts. There's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. And each one, each part of that nervous system is responsible for different functions. So when this trauma or the residual part of the trauma is stored within our body. It leaves our body in this constant state of anxiety or anticipation or discomfort or just a sense, I suppose, that something is not quite right. You can't quite settle. And quite often, people who have that retained trauma in their nervous system look for ways to get rid of it. It makes sense. And the sort of ways you can get rid of it are things like, you know, do you drink a lot to kind of numb the feeling that's in your body? I deal a lot with people with eating disorders and quite often people will eat a lot in order to numb down that feeling in their body. And also for a little while to make themselves feel better because when we eat food, we get a little bit of a serotonin kickback about an hour after we've eaten, which makes us feel good for for want of a better word. Um, So what we find is that people have this discomfort, this icky sort of feeling within their body that they want to get rid of, and they can do a number of things to try and rid themselves of that feeling. So imagine you've had a traumatic past, and I'm not just talking about acute trauma, because some people come to me and they go, well, nothing bad's ever happened to me. But when you look back over their life, They have had periods perhaps at school where they've been bullied and they don't see it as a trauma because it wasn't one big 
acute catastrophic event. It was a series of smaller events that occurred over a long period of time. And that in the body has the same effect. So that what we call developmental trauma can stay in the body in exactly the same way as an acute trauma might. We also even have a precognitive trauma, which is something which we're not even aware of before we were cognizant, before the age of about 18 months, two years old, something traumatic happened to us and our body went through the same dynamic as it would have done later in life, except that the part that we're cognizant of is not there. So the same thing happens. We store that energy in our nervous system. I don't want us to get too bogged down in the whole uh, trauma arena, because as I say, that's something which we will really cover in much more detail, maybe a bit later on in one of the other podcasts, because it's a really interesting area that really, really, really does affect our relationship with food. I want to actually tell you a bit of a story about something that happened years ago now with someone that came to see me. And it fell under this category of her expressing an opinion that she hated her body. We, we started talking about it and, and I was exploring the feelings with her. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And it came to her body and she said, I hate it. It's disgusting. And I said, disgusting, that's a strong word to use about your own body. And she said, yep, I've always hated it. It's hideous. I hate it. It's disgusting. So I said, is all of it disgusting? And she said, yep, absolutely. Every, every inch of it is absolutely disgusting, horrible. Now, by this time, I had quite a good relationship with her. She had been seeing me for quite a while. She knew that I had maybe a little bit of an odd English sense of humour, which I do use a lot with the people that come to see me. And I decided that I was going to explore this concept with her. So I got a sheet of paper out, just a blank A4 sheet of paper. And I said, OK, let's let's explore this more fully. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to sort of take your body in little sections and we're going to assess each one of them because I'm really interested in this idea that, that you hate all of it. So she sort of looked at me a little bit warily, but she was like, mm, OK, I trust you. Let's do this. So I was a bit playful with her. And I said, uh, now, I know you hate your body. I said, that's, that's obvious. You've told me that a number of times. I said, but if you had to choose one bit, one bit that absolutely is more disgusting than anything else on your body, the actual, the queen of the disgusting parts of your body, the one that if there was a disgusting body Olympics, this part of your body would be right out the front, gold medal winning part of your body. So by this time, she's looking at me like I have slightly lost the plot, but that's fine. Let's let's keep going. So she said after a little thought, well, I suppose that would be my stomach. I mean, my stomach really is absolutely awful. So I said, oh, okay, great. Well, let's put that, put your stomach at number one, shall we? Like if there was a chart, this is number one. The stomach is out there ahead of the rest in the most disgusting part of her body. And by this time, she was starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable with the way that I was talking, because quite often we talk about ourselves in a way that we wouldn't accept if somebody else was doing it. We feel 
on some level that it's okay to say horrible things to ourselves about ourselves, but we wouldn't actually say those things to other people about them. And we don't like other people saying them about us either. We get a little bit defensive. And this is what I noticed she was doing. And that's exactly what I wanted, is to get her to step up and actually start to defend her body on behalf of it because it couldn't defend itself. So we had the stomach, I think, at the number one. And I said, okay, well, let's let's choose a, a, a bridesmaid to the stomach. Let's choose something in number two position. I said, I'm not expecting that anything is going to be as hideous and disgusting as your stomach, obviously. But what would be next? So she looked at me for a little while and her face was sort of saying... I really don't know where you're going with this. This this is this is awful. But anyway, she played along and she said, well, I suppose the next thing would be my thighs. So I said, thighs? I said, are they really horrible? And she paused and looked at me and said, yeah. I said, but not as hideous as your stomach, obviously. No. And so I said, okay, let's put thighs, position two, thighs. Um, so I said, well, we'll keep going. And I said, Let, let's, first of all, before we keep going with, with the hideous things, let's see if there's anything we can eliminate. Is there anything that would actually be at the other end of the scale? If we had to, you know, chop your body up into little pieces and, and assess each bit. I said, is there anything actually that's okay? And this is where that defense came in. And she said, well... Yeah, actually, I um, my hands, my hands are actually quite nice. I said, ah, okay. Well, how how do you mean? And she said, well, you know, they're they're actually. I've had a few compliments over the years on my hands. She said, I've got really quite nice long fingers, and they're they're quite attractive. She said, I've got straight long fingers, and and I I try and keep my nails done. She said, I'm quite proud of my hands. They're they're probably the best part of my body. So what we did, and I, in the background, I had a little kind of cheer of joy going on inside of me from a body that she had said was hideous. I hate all of it. It's horrible. We'd started to identify things that she actually was quite proud of about her body. So I wrote hands down right at the bottom of my sheet of paper. I said, okay, so, so hands, hands are are quite nice. You know, I said in a body that's basically horrible, you've got nice hands. And then again, that defense mechanism stepped in. She said, well, no, 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 not, not, not just my hands, actually. Not just my hands. I've, uh, I've also been told that, um, that, you know, my neck's quite nice. She said, a lot of women, as they get older, they show, they show their age in their neck. And, and I don't think I do. I think my neck's really quite nice and shapely. And I always try and wear nice jewelry there to kind of show it off. And I said, ah, okay, so your hands and your neck are are quite nice. And she said, well, yeah, 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 actually they are. So we carried on this process of going through parts of her body and for me saying, give me an opinion about that part. And again, I played up to the silliness of it. And I was saying things to her like, um, what do you think of your elbows? And she just looked at me 
blankly and said, well, I don't really have any thoughts about my elbows. You know, I can't even see them. They're, they're, they're just elbows. So we put the elbows down as being a neutral part of her body. So what we ended up with is a big long list of body parts which we separated out and we we clarified with each body part how she felt about it. And what we ended up with is a list that I think a lot of us would relate to in that there's parts of your body which you kind of go, oh, I wish that wasn't quite the way it is. I wish it was a little bit higher or I wish it didn't have as many wrinkles or I wish that it was different in some way it was bigger it was smaller I don't know there's everybody has parts of their body that they feel that way towards but also it highlighted for her the parts of her body which she actually was very happy with and the parts of her body which she valued and the parts of her body that she actually went out of her way to show off we ended up with a much more balanced opinion about her own body. And this is something, if you went into this, and when I was saying earlier, you know, uh, talking about people that hate their bodies, and there was something within you that said, yeah, that's me, I can't stand my body, then I really encourage you to do this exercise. Break the body down into little areas and really work out how you feel about each one and realize that for sure there's parts of your body you'd probably like to change if you had the opportunity but there's also parts of your body which are really rather wonderful and that you're actually very proud of. When thinking about your body and what we can do to start to improve that relationship with our body, which in turn will improve our relationship with food, you might wonder how they're connected. But of course, if we dislike our body and we hate it, we tend to try and want to change it. And that often involves changing our food, as in going on a diet, changing our shape, changing our weight, something like that. Whereas if we were more comfortable with our body and happy with our body, then we wouldn't be so predisposed to take that action. So this is why I want you to really think about your body. And the analogy I want you to think of really is if you can't love your body, which a lot of people can't, and there's absolutely no problem with that, there's a long step between hating your body and loving your body. And a lot of people can't jump from one to the other instantly. It's just impossible. Perhaps the best thing that you can experience is just an acceptance of your body. Perhaps that's as far as you can go. And if that is as far as you can go, that's absolutely fine. You don't have to love your body. Maybe acceptance to you is as far as you can take it. The analogy that I have around this is a little bit like an arranged marriage. So imagine you've got this arranged marriage with your body. You've been thrown together. You don't really know each other very well. But take it slow. Get to know your body just like in an arranged marriage. You would get to know the person that you were suddenly thrown together with and negotiate the changes. It may never blossom into love. It may just blossom into a respect and a tolerance of that other person, which in this case is another part of yourself, the physical part. But take it slowly. Learn about that person. What interests them? What have you got in common? What can you do to make their life 
happier and healthier? And in return, what can they do to make your life happier and healthier? And negotiate this slowly and realise it's going to take time for that respect to grow, for that love to grow, and even sometimes for that tolerance to grow. Appreciate what your body does, even if your body has limitations. A lot of people that come to see me have illnesses and injuries. They can't exercise, for instance. They might be in a lot of pain. So when we talk about the body, it's through that lens of my body hurts. My body hurts from the moment I wake up in the morning. My body's the reason why I have to take 18 pills every day. It comes from that place of, but my body's not right. So how can I start to heal that if I can't heal myself physically? But still, even if your body has limitations, it also has some things that it can do and it enjoys doing, which bring a lot of joy into your life. Does that painful body enjoy swimming, for instance? Does that painful body enjoy relaxing in a hot bath? Does that painful body enjoy reading a book or painting or drawing or something else, listening to music? What does that painful body with all its limitations actually enjoy? And where do you get your appreciation from, even if that appreciation is limited? Also about your body, you must know that your body is always there for you and is always doing the best for you. I often say to my clients, if you ever were looking for unconditional love, look no further than your body. Because everything you do, your body tries to repair itself. I know on a personal level, you know, the things I've put my body through over the years, and my body has tried to heal itself. It has tried to make me feel better when I've drunk too much the night before. It's healed itself when I've had operations. It's healed itself when I fell over as a child and got a big graze on my knee. That's gone now. Nothing remains. And the body will always, always, always try its very best to look after you, to protect you, and to repair the damage that you've done to it. So really, your body is completely and utterly on your side. So try as a first step to start that little exploration of what your relationship with your body might be in the future. And don't expect perfection. I promise you, I'm years into this journey and I am absolutely not perfect. There's parts about my body that I do wish were different. I wish I could just suddenly click my fingers and wake up in a body tomorrow which looked better and felt better and and functioned better. But I, I can't. This is the body that I have and this is the body that I have to try and have a comfortable relationship with for the rest of my life. So please don't aim for perfection because we just set ourselves up to fail if we do that. As always, send me ideas, send me requests, send me questions. I'm more than happy to hear you and to try impossible in the future to incorporate those suggestions into future podcasts. I really want this to be led by the listeners because at the end of the day, it's your show. I might be the person on the other end of the microphone, but it's your show. 
As always, please look after yourself. Until next time. You can send your show ideas, questions or suggestions to info at acfeb.com. Thank you.